Hello again, everybody. Thanks for checking into localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and this is You Do What? This is a podcast that examines some non-traditional jobs. Now, they might be something you never heard of or thought of, or maybe it's just a job that seems more fun than your position. Now, for this episode, we're taking a look at a career that traditionally is called a bartender. But when you hear all the different kinds of things our guest does, there's a reason some in the business like to call them mixologists, and we'll get to that in a little bit. On the phone to discuss this unique profession, we have Joey Hotelling, an individual with tons of experience. He's also the president of the Milwaukee chapter of the United States Bartenders Guild. Joey, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on. And this came up uh, with a friend of yours that you don't actually like being called a mixologist, even though, like I said, people hear bartender, they think of the person on the corner pub and, you know, maybe serve them a few drinks and you guys do a whole lot more. But why, why don't you like the term mixologist? Because I, I basically I'm a bartender. Uh, I started uh, working at a corner bar, did that for years and then kind of uh, just wanted to push myself to become better at, at doing that and or different creative ways to play with alcohol, and that's where I'm at now. All right. So, I mean, how would you describe what you're doing now? I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. You started as a bartender, you probably, you like to see that as your roots, but, I mean, you've gone different places, you've been in competitions, you've, you've been asked to do a lot more things than your average bartender. So, how, how do you describe exactly what your profession is? Um, basically, what I'm doing now, uh, I create drink menus, I do a lot of different events for different spirits companies. I float around the country quite a bit. I've worked with some pretty awesome chefs. Uh, I just did a cocktail dinner with Fabio Vivani, who was on Top Chef. Basically, I'm doing the same thing any other bartender's doing, but I I just did more of a culinary aspect to it, I guess. Okay. Does All that right. make sense? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. When you look at what you do then, I mean, what do you see as necessary skills or a personality that you might need? Because people listening might be thinking, oh, man, that's pretty cool. I would love to do stuff like that. But what do you really need to be able to do both from the skill side and also your personality? It's like anything else in life. Uh, you really have to study a lot. Uh, it comes with experience. You know, doing the, the corner bartending thing, pouring a shot in a beer for somebody is really important. It comes down to your personality quite a bit. That's the one thing I can, can suggest for everybody is make sure you're taking care of your guests. And then from there, do your studying, learn different flavor profiles, learn your classic cocktails. All those things play a key factors in, in what I do. So do you have a certain style then that you uh, sort of, I don't know, portray when you're out and about? Um, when I'm behind the bar, I, I really like to go with the, the goofy guy, you know, the guy everybody wants to kind of laugh at. I, I normally take one for the team. Uh, I poke fun at myself quite a bit uh, just to make the guests happy. People, laughter is key. Being in bars, people are having fun around you. you know, there's really no point in what we do. Oh, that makes sense. It's all about the, the guest experience, making the guest happy, whatever it takes. Um, and for me, I found that making people laugh is key. I can make the greatest cocktail in the world, but if I look miserable doing it, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'll have to take your word for that one. But, so what do you do then to to be funny, to be that comic? I mean, you said you like to make fun of yourself a little bit, but I mean, what what sort of what sort of your routine? I really have to read your audience and who you're, who you're, who you're talking to. I mean, if there's a 90-year-old lady at the bar, I'm definitely going to tone it down a little bit more than a 22-year-old couple, 22-year-old guy or girl. You, you just really have to play to who your crowd is. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain humor is going to be more appropriate for younger crowds. Certain sure. humor is going to be more appropriate for older crowds. Okay. And the one thing you just got to stay focused on is keeping a smile on your face, no matter how bad of a day you're having. Like, you really got to curb your personal stuff aside. Uh, anything that's going bad in your life, you have to kind of put that, you know, leave that at the front door when you walk in and just make sure you're uh, creating the best atmosphere for your guests. All right. More than anything. Like I said, I can, I can make the world's craziest, most tasty cocktail, 
but to serve that with a frown on my face wouldn't make much sense to me. <laughs> what, uh, what, what is one of your craziest concoctions that you've come up with that's been successful? I've had a bunch. You know, I, I hate to pinpoint one. Uh, I'm a really big fan of using uh, teas, hmm. like uh, tea syrup. Like using, uh, I like to work with Rishi a lot. Uh, the Ruibus teas are really nice. They come through really nice and different, especially in tiki drinks because they're more on the prettier side. Okay. I did two years ago when I was the GQ's most imaginative bartender in the state. I did a cocktail with Ray Horse Gin. Well, it started as a Ray Horse Gin cocktail, but I, I eventually had to use Sapphire. And it was uh, Sapphire, uh, Absinthe, Fresh Apricots, uh, Sweet Vermouth, uh, Boulevard Bitters by Bitter Cube, which is like a cinnamon-based bitters, uh, and a lavender syrup, and a little bit of lemon juice. was was one of my favorites I've ever done. I, I mean, how do you how do you even start to come up with an idea like that? I mean, are you just literally throwing things together and, and testing it, or how does that all work? Uh, the way I learned, uh, I learned a lot by working at Great Lakes Distillery. Okay. For a couple of years, I, I really learned how to taste booze and smell booze. And once you do that, then you can kind of put it together with the foods you eat. Oh, okay. And everything you really like on a day to day basis. Sure. All right. Being you know kind of a chubby guy, I really like my food, so I just kind of put <laughs> that all together. You know, like what would be great with this. Um, also, flavor profiling is, is key. There's a lot of good resources for that out there. There's a thing called the Flavor Bible, which has been a great resource when I started doing this. But once you get used to the flavors and what you're going for, it, it's really easy to put together. Right. It all it all just kind of comes to you naturally. Like you know, if you're an accountant, numbers come naturally. Sure, well, that's a good comparison. Kind of the same same progression for me. Right. You know, once you once you understand the booze, uh, what's in the juice, then you can start playing with different flavors. Um, the one thing, though, I, I'm a firm believer in now is to not overdo it. Mm-hmm. The second you start overthinking something, the second it's probably not going to turn out right. So you don't you don't want to overdo it. I mean, if you look at some of the classic cocktails out there, you know, an old fashioned it's spirit, bitters, sugar, that's it. Right. So the simple things like that stay true these days. The, the, the more simplistic, the better. Sometimes. No, it definitely makes sense. And I think for people out there um, maybe who have an interest in this, I think that's a good piece of advice if they are looking to possibly start a career in this. Speaking of that, what was it really that got you into this industry, that got you interested? I mean, I know you mentioned, okay, you enjoy food. A lot of people do. But what was the path for you to get into bartending and, and really dive into, I mean, what you could definitely say is, a, is an art and a craft for yourself? It is. Um, the reason I started attending bar, um, I was working at a, a record store. And it was kind of one of those things where I was in management there, and I kind of saw it as a dead-end job. Mm-hmm. So to make ends meet, I started attending bar, which I think is the case for a lot of people. Sure. A lot of people start college to make ends meet. And I've had office jobs, hated them, <laughs> stand being cooped up. And at one point, I realized that the money was uh, decent enough in bartending to support myself. And at some point, you know, about five years in the attending bar, I really wanted to push myself to become better at what I'm doing and learn and kind of become the nerd that I've uh, molded myself into. <laughs> it's uh, a lot of reading. You know, I, I bought a lot of booze on my own just to play with. I think my booze collection's up to like 237 bottles. Nice. So it was definitely was something I vested myself in 100%. Right. And it, it's not for everybody. I mean, there's been nights, you know, where you come home and you may have had a little bit too much while you're closing or even while you're working. And over the years, I've learned to control all that. So I think... I'm really focused on it now. I don't drink as much as I used to. That's that's key. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a lot of really great bartenders in the city, but a lot of them drink too much. <laughs> that makes sense too. Well, I mean, I I would think that is a question people have, and myself included, because you do hear that, like, well, it's kind of part of the gig. You got to be involved, and you're you're participating with the with the customers. How do you find that balance? I know you said now you maybe don't do it as much, but you, you'll rarely ever see me drinking behind the bar anymore. Okay. Um, 
if it's like one o'clock or so and maybe some industry people come in, I might do a shot. But the, especially when you're doing cocktails, you got to be pretty focused. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of intricate details you'll, you'll probably miss if you're drinking. Just as long as I'm a firm believer that if you're drinking, you might be making mistakes with money by mm. the bar, and it's not my money to be making mistakes with. So That's a good it kind point. of was a responsibility thing. Okay. Along with the, uh, I had the realization that I'm probably not going to live very long if I keep drinking the way I was drinking. That's a good thing to realize now before it's too late. So I, I think uh, right. I think you're on the right path. And, and it, that's that's another thing too. Is all the traveling I do, and I've taken a lot of classes and seminars and everything. And more and more frequently, I'm seeing they're they're having seminars on taking care of yourself and how much money you should put away for retirement. Hmm. The odds are, if you're attending bar, you don't really have health insurance. Sure. Unless you work for a really big corporation. Right. No, that's a fair point. Obviously, now with Obamacare and everything, it's going to be a little bit different, but. For for yourself, then you brought up you brought up the idea of traveling, and that is one place I wanted to to kind of get to some of the places maybe you've gone, some of the competitions. I mean, maybe some memorable moments, memorable places. Just fill listeners in a little bit on, I mean, the traveling you have done. Because again, as much as you want to call yourself a bartender, and you are, don't get me wrong, um, it's not quite the same as again somebody just locally that hangs around and and works at a single bar. You're doing a lot of different things. Uh, maybe fill our listeners in a little on the those memorable moments of yours. Every year, there's a, a big uh, convention in New Orleans called Tales of the Cocktail. Um, that's pretty much where all the people from all the different states that are much like myself that do cocktails, you know, gather, and there's a lot of camaraderie. But there's a, a thing called Pig and Punch that happens there. Uh, it's 100% for charity. Basically, what happens is a bunch of the bartenders go in two or three days before this event, and they actually go to a school hmm. and renovate a school. Oh, cool. Um, help them pay, pretty much do any of the work they need done around for charity. Sure. And then when the, the actual event rolls around, all the bartenders donate their time. Uh, this, this group of people called the Bob Avants make uh, free pig and punch. And basically what they do is they sell t-shirts to raise money for the same school and to give back to that community. That's really cool. Um, that's one of the really, like the things that make you really feel good about yourself and the uh, bartending community giving back. It's, it's pretty awesome. Outside of that, traveling for competitions is fun, but it's a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. I mean, being put on the stage like that is definitely way different than being behind a bar in front of a, a normal room of people. And you have like four people literally staring at your every motion. <laughs> You're probably mic'd up. There's hot lights on you. It, it, it's, it's definitely nerve-wracking, but if you do win, it's, it's, it's such a great feeling right. to be a cop, accomplish something like that. A lot of people never will have that experience, so it's really great. I'm really blessed to have won a couple of them and place high in a lot of the other ones. So would you say that's a part that you enjoy the most or and what is it really that drives you still with this type of profession? I've kind of curbed my whole competition uh, career for right now. I, I'm really trying to help others uh, learn the same things I've learned. I really didn't have anybody to teach me, so I'm trying to teach other people now to hopefully get into doing the same thing and right. be successful. Uh, now for me, a lot of the traveling is like brand-driven. They'll pay for me to go places and do cocktails for them. Or they'll pay me to, you know, give seminars and certain things, which is great. Okay. Uh, I'm a real big fan of teaching others. I really, really love uh, sharing what I do with other people. So it all kind of goes back to, you know, making people happy is the point of my job. Sure. Not really to do anything else. Without customers, you know, you're you're really nothing. Right. You're just a guy standing in an empty room. Right. <laughs> which you know could pull off. It might be a little sad, honestly. So. Right. I mean, I'm I'm I can amuse myself. I do it every day. <laughs> I'm sure you could from what I've heard. You mentioned the idea of educating and teaching. And I did want to ask, 
you know, you said a lot of people probably get into the profession because, you know, they're trying out bartending or they need some extra money. But are there ways, are there places to go for education and training and to really jump into it right away or to improve upon your career? Like you're sort of talking about teaching other people. I mean, are there schools, are there places people can go? What would be your suggestion? Um, I, I really don't suggest paying the money to go to a bartending school. Okay. It, it's, it's nothing you can't learn on your own after repetitions. I mean, go get up a job at a corner bar, learn how to work a room. Hmm. Um, I learned the most from other people just okay. watching, tasting their drinks. You know, you, you get that balance in the palate for it by tasting drinks of people that have been doing it longer, that have, you know, very established at what they do. And that's, that's how I came up. I had a really good mentor. Never actually asked the guy a question, but uh, <laughs> watching him work and tasting his drinks is really key to a lot of my success. So I was I was kind of blessed with that. Sure. You can set your own future just depending on how much drive you have, you know, how much dedication you're going to have. And that's that's all up to you. But, I mean, reading books, there's tons of great books out there. Um, like I said, watching and, and, and tasting was, was key for me. Yeah. Now, you did mention, um, of course, with the travel and, and you're doing some other things where you're getting sponsored to go different places. When we're looking at a financial aspect of it, you know, people wondering, well, can you really make a career out of this? Uh, can you give us a ballpark of what they would be looking at from a compensation side? I mean, I know it's going to depend on what exactly you're doing, but I mean, is it financially feasible to have this as a career for maybe the typical person that's interested? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, most of the money I make is, is definitely at the bar at home. Okay. When I, when I travel, a lot of that gets it, it's comped by the liquor companies, but right. there's also times where I have to pay for my own airfare to get somewhere. Okay. A lot of the competitions will pay for you to move on to the next round or pay for you to get there. Some of them don't. And I've actually, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of my own money. You know, obviously, anything you do and you want to learn, you're going to end up spending money. Sure. It's, it's like going to college. Sometimes you have to spend your own money to make money. You know, that's that's the, the old saying, you know, spend money to make it. And it's the same intending bar and, and doing what I've done. Sometimes you have to pay your way, sometimes you don't. Okay. Um, but like I said, most of the money I make is here at home at Lucky Joe's Tiki Room for the most part. I'm not making thousands of dollars off, off spirits companies at this point. I mean, there's there's paths you can take to do that, you know, becoming a brand ambassador, working exclusively for someone, you're going to find more of that money. Mm-hmm. But at this point in my career, I'm not really ready to take that step yet. Okay. Or even interested in it. I still have a lot of fun working behind the bar. Um, I still have a lot of fun working with different brands. I made a lot of great relationships that I, I wouldn't give up for the world doing this. So, well, let's let's touch on that just quickly. I mean, you talked about, of course, you know, working a room and getting to know people, and and you know, part of your job, a big part of it, just making sure people are enjoying themselves. Do you have any memorable moments within that sort of environment? You know, maybe it was a person or a group of people that it just stuck out in your mind as being like, you know, this is really great. This is what I enjoy about it. Or maybe it was something that was really interesting and unique that the listeners would enjoy hearing about. Um, as far as like a customer experience or yeah, something within yeah within like that corner bar idea or whatever, because I think that's where most people would you know maybe see that happen or or experience it for themselves. But yes, yeah, it's some sort of moment with a customer or or a group of people. Yeah, I don't, I, there's really no experience that I'd like to single out. I guess okay. I, I I really try to treat every every person I serve the same, and some of them give you a better experience as a customer than others do, obviously. But I'm not the kind of guy that's really worried about how much someone's tipping. It's not going to change the way I serve you. Mm. I, I really don't have a, a, a one memorable experience because there's been so many great ones. Sure. It's hard to single out one. I think uh, I, this past summer at Tales of the Cocktail, I was in the, the national rum competition that was sponsored by Bitter Cube Bitters, and I took second, which sucks. That taking Finding out you took second is way worse <laughs> than taking last. I, yeah, like, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would rather just not know. But the next day was it was really great because I was I was walking through New Orleans and a lot of people approached me and 
told me how much they enjoyed my cocktail and it was one of the favorite cocktails they had. I mean, there's no feeling in the world that replaces that. Sure. Like making people that happy that they can point you out in a crowd and, and, uh, acknowledge something you made for them that made them that happy, especially at a convention where, you know, you're looking at two, three hundred other bartenders that have, that have made cocktails for people that, that week. Right. So that, that probably is the most memorable. But yeah. Like I said, every, every customer that comes through, I try to give them some sort of mem- memorable experience. I, I really don't have one locally I, w- I would pick out, but yeah, when you, when people see you on the street right. and point you out for something you just made that made them so happy, it's, it's such a great feeling. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't imagine. That's got to be pretty cool just to, to be recognized for your skills, uh, especially with something as specific as you're doing. I, another question that's come up, how do you get involved exactly with the competitions? What's sort of the process? I mean, are you picking them out? Is, is somebody else sending you to these for, for some sort of specific reason? Like, how do you actually get involved in these competitions? Uh, most of them are through the United States Bartenders Guild. Okay. The only, it's, their, it's a division of the International Bartenders Association. That's the United States version. Uh, most of them are set up through them. Um, otherwise, I mean, just social media, okay, keeping up to date on what the brands are doing. I mean, a lot of them do do competitions, but yeah, most of them are through USBG. Uh, other ones just kind of pop up randomly. It's hard to say. Okay, you know, we are getting a little on time, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, coming on and, and talking about this because it is a unique profession. I think a lot of people, um, you know, maybe they've heard about it, or oh yeah, maybe I, I guess I have seen a competition here or there. But I think it's interesting to get it from somebody who's been in that that world. And you talked about, you know, the office job wasn't for you, you know, kind of the nine to five idea. And a lot of people are in that boat, especially we're talking about the economics of uh, the country today. If you had to do it all over again, would you have changed anything? Would you have, have still gone into this profession, but taken a different path? I mean, what's looking back, what would you have done differently, if anything? Um, I, I probably would have drank less earlier. Okay, fair. Um, my, my early 20s, I probably would have toned it down a little bit, but I think everybody says that you look back to your, your college years, like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I should have done less of this, less of that. Maybe become a little more focused on, on cocktails earlier, but I wouldn't trade the experience I got with a quarterback for anything. Cause I think there's a lot of bartenders that jump right into the cocktail world or jump into the craft bartending, you know, and they, they deem themselves as mixologists before they actually attended a bar. Sure. I mean, that's, it's so important to, that I think the quarter bar experience working in a smaller place, uh, a non-corporate format, you, you learn so much. Um, about yourself and about people. That's 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 definitely one one experience that would never never change. Well, I think it's cool to hear that you found something you really had a passion for and jumped into it and made a career out of it for yourself. As we look to wrap up, I just want to leave the floor open for you at the end here. For anyone listening out there who might be interested, any last words of advice or, or pieces of information you'd want to give them before we wrap up? Smile. <laughs> uh, have a good time. That's uh, life's too short to to be angry and. I'm making a misery. I, I don't know. That's that's pretty much showing like that. Smile. Don't yeah, no, I, th- I think that. Yeah, that's a good way to leave. I think that's a good way to leave off. It's a uh, good and, advice. And no matter what you're doing, whether whether exactly. you're a bar or you're a customer, uh, just smile and have fun. <laughs> I don't think I can punctuate that any better than you did right there. So with that, we are going to wrap things up here on this episode of You Do What. And again, our look behind the bar, whether you call them bartenders or mixologists. Our expert guest today has been Joey Hotelling, the president of the United States Bartenders Guild of the Milwaukee chapter. Joey, thanks again for coming on with us. You do, we do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, we always want to hear from you, the listeners, as well. If you have any other jobs you are interested in, traditional or not, just send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Thanks once again for checking into LJN Radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.